We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Podcast feed is presented by Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Check out their Week 17 NFL Baller Contest, where $150,000 will be up for grabs. Use promo code GRINDERS30 if you haven't yet signed up for 30 bonus dollars. That's only on Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Week 17 edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. Hope everybody out there had a good Christmas, happy holidays, all that good business, a good Week 16. A two-man edition here. Our buddy Notorious had some prior obligations, so he won't be here, but Chopman is here to join me to break down everything Week 17. And a fun week for DFS, Chop. You know, it's season-long. We don't we don't advise you playing a Week 17 championship, but... DFS, this, this is one of those weeks where if you're plugged in, you're paying attention, uh, you're watching the news, you understand the depth charts, I, I think there's a big edge here. So we'll cover this from all angles, what teams have something to play for, what teams are out of it, who's in evaluation mode. I think that's the biggest edge we get here in week 17. So let me bring in Chop, buddy. How was Christmas? How's everything going? And uh, ready for some week 17 action here. Uh, I'm ready, ready for some week 17. It's, it's, it's a grind here, but, uh, it's, it's extra tough when week 17 is that week where Christmas falls on it too. And you've got like, feels like a really short week. So it's going to be interesting. I agree. There, there's an advantage to week 17 if you're paying attention and there's going to be a lot of dead money out there. So maybe we can hit something. And how's Christmas uh, at the chop household? Do you host? Do you travel? What's, what's the breakdown there? Uh, Christmas, we travel a little bit and then go to the other places. But, uh, yeah, I mean, once, once I get that, that last trip out of the way on Sunday, I'm kind of like, whew, little <laughs> sigh of relief there. Re- glad to get it over with and, uh, start looking at some football finally this week. Yeah, I hear you. I, I have the old tickle in my throat and you might be able to hear it, but, uh, that's what happens when you're hanging out with Aunt Marge and, and Uncle Uncle Lenny's coughing all everybody, and oh, you know no, the, the little two-year-old it. Mackenzie's sneezing on everybody, and five-year-old Bobby's picking boogers and wiping <laughs> So Jeez. you know the, the good times with the family. So it, it starts to add up, and uh, I'm not normally a, a germaphobe, but you get around enough people, enough family, it's like it's going to take its toll eventually. But going to fight through it here. No biggie. We're going to talk some Week 17. So. A lot of games here, Chop. Basically, the only game we don't get is, is Seattle, San Francisco. 
Uh, you do get that game on Yahoo. So a lot to get to here. So let's start off with our first game, the Jets and Buffalo here. Uh, one of those games where, you know, one team is in, one team uh, clearly out here. So kind of ugly. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Jets and Bills? You know, we got a lot of games this week, so we can, you know, get right to it on, on some of them and, and not have to sugarcoat it. I, I don't like this game at all. I probably won't play a player from this game. I don't like the Jets side. Uh, it's, I mean, I know Buffalo's not playing for much, but I still don't like the Jets side there, so there's nobody appealing to me. And on the flip side, I don't like Buffalo because they're not playing for much. I really don't know how much I'm going to see out of Josh Allen and John Brown, and I don't know what their plans are for Singletary. It just for me, there are certain a lot of spots on this on a big slate like this where I'm just going to mark guys off and mark teams off and, and skip through them, and this is one of them. I don't have a lot of interest in this game. Yeah, I'm with you. And one of the indicators usually can be the Vegas line. You know, when, when things don't look right, that's going to tell you all you need to know, and that's what we have here is Buffalo – Minus one and a half at home against the Jets, 36 and a half on that total. So, I mean, if this was a normal week, Buffalo's easily a, you know, eight, nine, ten point favorite here. So at minus one and a half, that's all you really need to know here. So I don't have much here either. Not a game I'm going to be looking to attack, especially a 36 and a half point total. So, uh, any picks here on the spread or the total? We can move on. If I was going to pick, I'd pick the Jets just because of what you said. This is super fishy. So, and the Jets are, even though I don't like them in DFS, at least they're still playing to win. So I'll take them. I'll take them with the points. Yeah, I think I'll do the same. You know, they may play their starters or Buffalo's going to be on backups and, and hell, Buffalo's backups may be better than the Jets starters uh, in some spots, but uh, I'll take the points here, but don't really love it. I'd probably just stay away from this game uh, with the choice. All right. Next game. A little more fantasy friendly here. Actually, a lot more fantasy friendly. We've got New Orleans uh, in Carolina. New Orleans, big favorites here. We know Carolina out of it. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, with DJ Moore. Left last week with an injury. New Orleans still has a lot to play for. We basically have San Francisco, Green Bay, New Orleans all sitting at 12 and 3, seated in that order. So if they have any hopes of moving up, they, they pretty much need to win this game. So uh, this also shows in the line big 13 point favorites. A lot of ways we can go with New Orleans. We know generally they're better at home, but Michael Thomas back on, you know, 9,900, big price to pay. Kamara gets a great matchup, only 7,800. So, uh, which way are we go with New Orleans? Or are we just play them all here against Carolina? Oh man, this is one I'm, I'm kind of torn on. I know New Orleans uh, still has some things to play for, but, uh, I think they know it's, it's a little bit unlikely. So I don't, I don't know if we're going to get the four quarters out of them, especially since Carolina is a really bad team and you're probably not going to have to hang a huge number to win, win against Carolina. And then, yeah, what really pushed me over on really being doubtful on New Orleans is the re- reading this morning that Drew Brees has knee inflammation. Well, that can't sit well going into the playoffs when you're, when your quarterback's got a little knee inflammation. You may, you know, you got a pretty adequate backup there. You know, their plans may be to, play Breeze a little bit and get him out of there when you figure out, look up on the scoreboard and see Green Bay winning by three touchdowns. All right, let's get Breeze out of there. Or, all right, we got our three-touchdown lead. This game is in hand. Carolina's not posing any threat this week. Let's get some of these guys out. So I'm a little leery. I do think Michael Thomas gets a little run here. I think he's got some more records he can break. Alvin Kamara looked decent last week and gets a good matchup. So I'm I kind of leaning on the big two there. Not too too much interested in anybody after that. And on the flip side, Carolina, I remember week 17 last year, you know, 
McCaffrey went out there, played about a series, and then they and then they pulled him. So I know he's got a little bit to still. He's still like if they really want to push the issue here, they can chase for some records that are really tough to obtain this week. Otherwise, he's got a couple of small things he can do, like in the first quarter and break some records, and then they may pull him. Because I tell you, I don't think they're going to have uh, more this week. DJ Moore and Will Greyer already looks pretty bad. So Christian McCaffrey is the only guy I would think about playing. And I'm I'm a little bit worried after what I saw last year. You know, hit them pulling him last year. Maybe they pull him again early. This is one of those leery, leery game. I'm very leery about this game. Yeah, and you're spending 10K on him. It's not like you're taking a shot on somebody. You know, if they burn you, they burn you. You'd spend 10K and the guy doesn't play the whole game. You're pretty much toast. So – I agree with you. The one thing, though, San Francisco can still lose and New Orleans can still move up into the top two. Uh, I wouldn't pass Green Bay if they were winning. So I agree. They'll be watching that score. But uh, with the San Francisco game being later and a tough draw in Seattle, you know, who knows what happens in that game. I think New Orleans does go a full throttle here. So Camara, the guy for me, I mean, down at 7,800 is a great price on DraftKings. Uh, Carolina been giving it up to running backs all season long. Never going to argue with Thomas and Carolina, I'm having a hard time with anything. You know, if, if you're going to play McCaffrey, just know it is a little bit risky. Uh, Greer, like I said, looked terrible. Samuel's price is attractive at 4900 but I uh, just don't see any reason to go uh, to Carolina here. So, uh, spread, we got Saints minus 13. We got a pretty big total at 46.5. I'm taking the under here. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see Carolina mustering a lot of offense. And because of that, New Orleans will kind of step off the gas pedal after a while. Yeah, I think I'm going the same. That's a big number. I, I would lean New Orleans on the spread, but I agree. And there's some juice on the under. So uh, I think that's the way to go as well. I will agree with you there. All right, next game for us, two teams that are squarely out of it. You know, one at high hopes in Cleveland, uh, traveling to Cincinnati. So divisional matchup here. We'll see what these teams do. I mean, you got to imagine Cleveland with all the disappointment. They want to go out on a high note. Uh, so we'll see what happens with their players. Uh, Cincinnati. Disappointing last week with Joe Mixon, especially, you know, got the workload. We had a little case of the squirts and we were all worried about it, but still got the touches, just didn't get it done against Miami. So if anything, I, I like going back to Joe Mixon here. Cleveland's been vulnerable against the run. What do you think on the Brown side? Are, you, are we just done with Cleveland or you think there's some value here? I don't think there's value on Cleveland this week. Uh, like you said, it's all about perception. You know, two teams could come into the game in week 17 and have the same record, but totally different mindset. Uh, and this is a case where, uh, I know they don't have the same record, but they're both out of it. But I think Cleveland has to feel a lot worse about being out of it because they had so, such expectations. And now I'm, we're getting questionable tags on Landry and Beckham and, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be shocked to see one or both of them sit. And now that there was a little bit of question about is Baker going to play the whole game? I thought I read an article earlier in the week about Baker, the benefits of sitting Baker in week 17. Like I might be, I may be staying away from these guys, man. This is not a, a clear cut. You know, this isn't like week 10 and we get a matchup against the Bengals and you're still playing full, full throttle. You're, you're week 17. You're out of it. I could see, I could, and, and you probably got a lame duck coach too. He's probably on his way out. That's another big factor. So I'm not super stoked about Cleveland. Uh, I just don't know how they're going to play this out. And Cincinnati is at least putting guys out there, and they've been out of it for since about week three or four they've been out of it. But at least they're still putting up points on the board, trying to win. 
I mean, that comeback last week was pretty phenomenal. So I think you could turn back to Andy Dalton at home. Joe Mixon, like you said, I think he has a bounce back here. Tyler Boyd, and then also my my, I'm going to go sleeper pick on John Ross this week. He got a lot of – I think he got like 13 targets or something last week. I I think uh, one of those guys could have another big game. So I like this Cincy offense, but Cleveland I'm a little worried about. Yeah, I'm with you. And since we were always worried about, do they really want to win or are they just trying to lose? Well, they've already locked up the number one pick. So why not go out here and punch your, your rival in the mouth in week 17 uh, and send them spiraling even further? So I'm with you. I don't really have much interest in the Cleveland side. Been trying to make Odell work all season. I'm, if it works this week, oh well. I missed out. Landry's attractive, uh, but Mixon, I think, is the way to go. I like the Boyd call. I really like the Ross call. I mean, one big play uh, from him, but with Cleveland being 29th DVOA against the run, I'm going right back to Joe Mixon here. So spread wise, I'm taking the Bengals, baby. Give me, give me the two and a half. So Cleveland minus two and a half, 43 and a half on the total. You got one you like there? Yeah, I think Cincinnati's trying to win because of what you said. And I think Cleveland has no interest in this game. So I'm going Cincinnati here. Yeah, I might even, might even a little money line. It, it, shout out to our boy. I'm not going to take the Jaguars on the money <laughs> line, but uh, I'll take Cincinnati. On the money line. Next game, uh, another team in the hunt uh, for the number one seed in the NFC, Green Bay, going to Detroit, uh, a team that we know has just been struggling all season long, pretty much everybody. On IR there for the Lions, and I will actually be in attendance here at this game. So we'll see. Not super stoked about it, and it's probably a blowout, but what about for DFS? Uh, I, I love Devontae Adams in this spot. Uh, Aaron Jones coming off a big game. Uh, Green Bay can still secure that number one seed. Uh, with the win and the San Francisco loss. So they will be going all out. Do they go out all game, though? Is that a concern for you? And then got anything for me on the Detroit side? I'm having a hard time finding anything I like over there. Detroit, real quick, is is uh, either Kenny Galladay or nothing for me. I'll go either Kenny Galladay or I won't roster a Detroit Lion. I don't have any interest in the rest of those guys. Green Bay features two of my favorite players this week, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. I think they both. Or a prime spot here against a bad team on the road for, and like you said, they're still chasing a win here big time. So, and those are your two main horses. I, I assume Jamal Adams, I'm thinking right now he sits, but, and if he does, that's why I really like Aaron Jones. If Jamal Adams plays, I lower my rating on Jones a little bit, but I still like him, man. It's still a good spot for both of those guys. So uh, I'm all on board on, on Adams and, and Jones. Yeah, and they may just, you know, Williams is banged up. Why even play him? They, they should be able to win this game pretty handily. Big favorites here. So uh, any worry about Darius Slay on Adams, you can put that to bed. He's got five touchdowns uh, in his last five games against the Lions. Slay has played in every one of those games. So, uh, yes, he's a good corner. I'm not going to avoid Devontae Adams and his 10-plus targets, especially must-win situation. You know Aaron Rodgers is going to target uh, his high-end receiver. And Jones, fine with him as well. Price is up, but. Packers should be able to do whatever they want in this game. What about the spread? We got 12 and a half on the spread, 43 on the total. Yeah, I go Green Bay. I know it's big, big, big spread on the road, but I don't see Detroit putting up a lot of offense in Green Bay. I think can hang a pretty big number. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Green Bay. We are in agreement, my friend. I think Green Bay cruises in this one, uh, gets a big lead. The only worry is, you know, the, the late cover, maybe they take their foot off the gas late, but. Uh, I think they roll in this game against a team that's pretty much cashed it in for the season. So give me Green Bay uh, minus the 12-and-a-half as well. Cruising right along here next game, Chargers and the Chiefs. Chargers out of it. Chiefs 
uh, can still move around here in, in the AFC. So can clinch a first round by if they win and New England loses. Uh, probably not likely. They also have Houston breathing down their neck. So another team would probably like to rest some players, but uh, they got to win here. So good shot at home against the Chargers. Uh, the big thing I noticed here, Chop, Damian Williams came back, was the lead dog here. It's only 4,700 on DraftKings. So uh, how do you feel about that? A guy that I like, uh, yay or nay on that. And then what about the rest of this game? We know the Chargers bring a lot to the table. Uh, there's always Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, a lot of big names in this game. What do you think? Uh, let's uh, start off on the Chargers side. Uh, as much as they don't have anything to play for and they've looked terrible at times lately, Phillip Rivers is still super competitive. Uh, so I, I, he's, he'll be out there gunning. Now that could lead to one of two things, a really good competitive game that pushes Kansas City to score more or you can load up on Casey's defense because man, when he goes bad, he goes really south. Philip Rivers does. So his last game. Yeah. That, and I just, it, it just is nature, man. Just the nature of the way he plays. He's always, I don't care if they're out of it or not. He'll still go out there and compete. So, uh, I you got to keep, I keep Rivers and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in my player pool. Not stoked about it, but I'll keep them in there. The, the running back situation, I have a lot harder time grasping Melvin Gordon actually getting a lot of targets, too, on top of what Eckler gets out of the backfield. You you would think it would be Melvin Gordon for the run, Eckler for the pass. Melvin Gordon's getting like six, seven targets a game himself. So as much as I want to scratch off Melvin Gordon and get him out of my player pool, it's tough, man. He's getting the work. So I think he stays in there. But KC's been impressive on defense, so I lower my expectations on the Chargers a little. KC, I think, has a big offensive game here. You, you mentioned the running backs. He also lost to that pesky Spencer Ware is out for the year now, so we don't have to worry about him stealing anything. So, yeah, I'm with you on Damian Williams. I think Tyree Hill has a big game. I like Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Damian Williams. I think the offense for KC rolls in this game, just rolls and goes into the postseason on a high note. Yeah, and it means big slates. You, know, you worry a little less about ownership. Things can spread out a little bit. So, you know, normally a spot like this, Kansas City's probably pretty highly owned. Uh, this week, maybe we don't get that. So uh, I'm with you. I, I think you want exposure to Chiefs in a lot of different lineups, a lot of different ways, whether it's the running game, the passing game, and okay, they get expensive trying to get Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey all on a roster. But uh, I'm with you. All Chiefs for me, and, and basically the Chargers for me are, if I'm stacking Kansas City, I may run it back w- with somebody on that side. Otherwise, uh, I'm probably out on the Chargers. So KC minus nine here, Chop, 44 and a half is what we got on a total. Uh, Rivers for one last good game and take the over on this thing. All right, I'm going to go to the Chiefs. I think they win pretty handily here, so don't hate the over call, but I'll go Chiefs at home minus the nine, uh, win pretty handily. All right, next game, another NFC North game, uh, Chicago and Minnesota. Minnesota pretty much blew any chance to to win the division last week, uh, losing at home to Green Bay. Uh, pretty much locked in. They can move a little bit, 5-6, uh, but the Bears – out of it. We know it's been a very frustrating season for them. So another game, a divisional game, a lower total here. Could see Minnesota rest guys. Another spread that, you know, looks a little off minus one for the Vikings. So do we go back to Mike Boone? I know he was the, the flavor of the week last week. Maybe gets another start here. Uh, how much interest there? And then the Bears, can they muster anything here in week 17? Whew. Just, I think, 
I think the spread and the total here is telling me everything I need to know about this game. Just like, just like that Buffalo game. Yep. You know, when you get two teams under 19 team totals, 19 apiece, like that's, that's rough, man. So I can't take the Bears. Uh, they're on the road against a pretty good defense. If that defense wants to play their starters, the Chicago's going to be, they're in rough shape anyway. So, can't take the Bears in Minnesota. I'm not super stoked about Mike Boone, even if the other guys are all, all sit out. So not stoked about Boone. And I just wonder about the uh, expectations here for Minnesota with Diggs and Thielen. How much do – you know, Thielen coming off that injury, Diggs had a long year, and you got a game next week in the playoffs. How much are you really going to push these guys in a meaningless game? Ah, so I, I honestly I, I kept Diggs in my player pool this week, but I don't think I'll be I'll be using anybody from this. I kept Allen Robinson and Stephon Diggs in my pool, but boy, just barely by the skin of their teeth. I, I don't feel comfortable with them, but that's all I can come up with in this game. Yeah, and you may get some value. You know, when you get eventually, you'll get the reports. This guy's not playing. That guy's not playing. You know, maybe the Bears. You get some Javon Wims is kind of popping uh, in some of the models I've looked at. Uh, but I think Minnesota, you know, they, they're locked into that sixth seed. I said earlier they can move around. They are the sixth. So they know they're going on the road opening weekend and there's nothing they can do to improve. Uh, so why risk these guys? And like you said, total spread kind of indicates all that. So minus one, 36 and a half here. Uh, I don't, I don't really have a strong lean here. I, I'd probably say the under. This one could be ugly. What do you got? Yeah, this one could be ugly. Uh, you know, assuming, uh, they run out Cousins and Diggs and Thielen to start the game. I'll take Minnesota as a small favorite at home just because I know Chicago. They got they've mailed it in now. I mean they've got to have mailed it in. So I'll take I'll take Minnesota. All right, moving on. We got New England uh, traveling or Miami coming into New England here. So another uh, another potential blowout here. New England can can lock up a first round bye with a win. Uh, they lose and then Kansas City can can jump into that spot. So. Got to imagine New England handles this game pretty easily. We've basically talked about this for 17 weeks is New England can be frustrating. Uh, you can always lean on Edelman, but big price to pay at 7300 James White, another guy you can generally feel good about. But well, what are we doing here? Because this could be a, a New England gets out to a lead, and then we see some backups against Miami. How is New England going to score their points? I know they're going to score points. I know they're going to – uh, I know they're going to win this game going away. I know Miami's had a nice little resurgence in the second half of the year with Ryan Fitzpatrick on offense, but you can put, I think you can put all that to bed this weekend with New England needing this game. I mean, they really need this game. So, uh, I think the defense shows up at home and shuts down Miami. So how, how's New England going to score their points? Uh, Edelman's banged up. They don't have many receivers. Uh, at first I was like, maybe it's James White. It's tough to pull the trigger on James White on non PPR sites. That's just his big value comes in receiving the ball. Sony Michelle, maybe, maybe they put, maybe, the, but you look at his game logs, boy, that's tough to pull the trigger on him yeah. when you look at those game logs. So I really don't know, man. I think Brady does throw for like three touchdowns here, but I think he spreads them out. I don't see a ton of inch. I don't have a ton of interest in, in these guys. It would be Edelman, but man, his, his injuries are well documented. So it's, that's a difficult one. So I guess maybe Tom Brady, and if I'm going to pair him with somebody, maybe I go with somebody like, um, I'll take a shot on a value guy. The cheaper, the better. Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, maybe they get one of those touchdowns and, 
and then you're looking at some good value and you can load up elsewhere. But I like Tom Brady to score some touchdowns. I just don't know where they're going to go. Yeah, we're pretty much in the same boat here. I'll add Mohamed Sanu is down to 4,100, so he's kind of kind of falling off the map here. Good debut at New England. We haven't seen much, but we know this is a good matchup. I want to like Sony Michelle. I mean, this guy's got 40 carries over the last two weeks, but uh, it's almost the opposite of James White. You can't really use him much on a PPR site. So if anything, it's Fandle, but you still have the Rex Burkhead issue. So uh, I want to like New England, but as of now, uh, it's like most other weeks, really tough to get too excited about any of these guys. All right, we got minus 16 here, Chop, for New England, 45 on that total. I just think that the, the defense clamps down and, and damn near shuts shuts out in Miami. Uh, I think Miami can put some points on the board here, especially if New England does go into cruise control. So I am going to go the over another one. I don't really like uh, any of the plays here, but give me over 45 uh, to throw something out there. All right, next game, two teams that are out of it, but two teams that, that could score some points here, Atlanta – uh, in Tampa Bay, we got a pretty high total in this game at 48. Two good quarterbacks, some good receivers. Uh, we know there's value on Tampa Bay. So uh, what do you got here? How are we attacking this Falcons-Bucks game? Oh, man. this is I like the Atlanta side of it. Well, I mean, I guess we got to wait and see what Julio does, too. I think he's questionable. So another big one we're going to have to wait on. But I do like the Atlanta side. Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, he caught a ton of passes last week. I think uh, – he can catch a ton of passes this week with the with the wide receiver injuries. Austin Hooper and Julio would be one of my favorite wide receivers if he ends up playing, but we got to hold off on that one. So uh, I do like that Atlanta side of it. Tampa Bay is a little bit tougher to me. I like the Atlanta defense quite a bit, assuming that Godwin and and Evan. We know Evans is out. Godwin is kind of questionable. I don't think he plays. There's really no reason to run him out there in Week 17. And I think we saw the effects of not having a receiver last week for Jameis. He's always pretty prone to the turnovers, but man, no receivers. He'll turn it over even more. So I like the Atlanta defense. With that being said, Jameis is still a touchdown guy. He's still a big yardage guy, even with bad receivers. So I can run him out there in GPPs this week. Rashard Perriman's clearly the guy he wants to target. OJ Howard could have a big game, but maybe the biggest beneficiary of all the wide receiver injuries was is Ronald Jones coming out of the backfield, getting checked down. So I'll run Ronald Jones out there on DraftKings again this week for PPR purposes. I think there could be some points in this game, and it's that old thing where we've seen it for a good part of this year now. You can play Jameis Winston, and you can also play the defense against Jameis Winston. Those those two things actually correlate pretty well. So uh, I do like the Atlanta defense, but I think Jameis can put up a 300-yard game here and get in the end zone a few times with some cheap receivers. Yeah, I mean, the most unlikely of correlations, but you're absolutely right. You know, it's usually in the first series. For some reason, the guy's got to come out, uh, throw an interception, almost threw two pick sixes uh, in that game against Houston, the first two series. So uh, I agree with almost everything you said there. Really like Ronald Jones. I uh, like that $4,900 price point. Uh, look, 14 carries for him, five for Peyton Barber. So not that Peyton Barber's going away, but uh, I think they want to see what we have in Ronald Jones. Do we need to draft a running back? Uh, or is this guy going to be our future? It's definitely not going to be Peyton Barber. So I do think he gets the majority of the work. Uh, agree on Julio if he's in there. The matchup doesn't get any better. I still hesitate on Perriman just because so many years of, of futility. But, I mean, look at Devontae Parker, kind of the same thing. Uh, got opportunities, really starting to spread his wings. So 
Uh, yeah, how do we know that 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 futility? That's the thing about these guys, man. And we don't know if that was because of the quarterback and the system he was right. in. Who knows? You know, he was a pretty big draft pick coming out of college. We just we don't know. Just like De Parker is, are, is he going to hit his stride now because of the situation he's in? So he has looked good, man. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, I, think, I mean, Baltimore. They they don't utilize their wide receivers a ton. That's where he's that's where he started. Then you you go to Cleveland. We know what kind of mess uh, that's been. So. You know, getting the opportunity nailed it. The guy was a stud in college, so I, I'm I'm coming around. It's one of them uh, you're being stubborn, and I don't want to play this guy. But uh, it's hard to argue with the production and targets right now. And against Atlanta, I don't think that changes. So we mentioned the total up there at 48. The spread sitting at Tampa Bay minus one. What do you got? I'm taking the over here. I think. Uh... You know, good Jameis or bad Jameis, we're going to get points out of it either way. Atlanta's going to get points regardless because they're not they're they're still winging the ball around. So I'm going to take the over here. I am in agreement. Uh, I think you're going to get some points here. I think either team could win the game. Uh, not too sure on that, but uh, I do think we'll get a shootout. So I will go over the 48 as well. All right, we're moving on to the afternoon games. All of these games start at 4:25. The NFL's done a great job of. Uh, keeping teams that are watching each other in the same windows. Uh, so we get seven games here on the late slate. So you're going to have your pick of slates here. You want to play the whole thing. Uh, you want to divide it up into early only, late only. Uh, you're going to have plenty of places and slates to play here. So first game, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Baltimore's already announced. No Lamar Jackson, no Mark Ingram. So it's going to be a lot of backups here. Uh, RG3, maybe Gus Edwards. Uh, thoughts there, uh, interest there. Can this offense still be viable against pretty good Pittsburgh defense? And then Pittsburgh uh, has been a mess all season long. I don't know how much that changes here. Mason Rudolph, two IR. Duck Hodges back in there at quarterback. So it's the Baltimore defensive player. We're worried about that being too many backups as well. Oh, man. Well, this is a messy game right here. Uh, because on the Pittsburgh side, I see Baltimore and what they want to do this week and rest some guys. And I would, I would want to take some offensive players against Baltimore, but you look at Pittsburgh and what's to take? There's just nothing that looks good out there, especially not with uh, Mason Rudolph back at quarterback. So, whew, man, I don't think I can, uh, I don't think I can play too much on Pittsburgh. In fact, uh, the one guy I was thinking about was Jalen Samuels and then started digging in a little more. And I just don't even know if I want to go that route. So. Yeah, it's been a terrible year for Juju, and I just I just can't do it. So even with Baltimore kind of stepping off this game here a little bit and not caring about the outcome, Pittsburgh's just so bad on offense, can't do it. And then on the flip side, I didn't I saw the injuries or or the sitouts for Baltimore, and the only guy that jumps out to me is Justice Hill. And Pittsburgh wants to win this game badly. They're going to play their defense. That strong defense is going to be even stronger. So I love their defense. But that also limits what I think about Baltimore. So if everybody's going to jump on Gus Edwards, man, I'll gladly pass on him and, and not even play him at all. Uh, Justice Hill maybe getting some checkdowns if Baltimore gets behind in this game. I'll, I'll ride with Justice Hill over Gus Edwards. And we are in the same camp on this one. I, I worry about it. Are they just going to give the ball to Gus Edwards 20 times? Because he's a guy that they, they use in the regular season, the regular game. So maybe they view him as, you know, not, not the starter, but – one B to Ingram, where Justice Hill, this guy's like shot out of a cannon. I love the explosiveness. Great pass catcher, uh, can do a lot. So I love that call. I don't know that I want to play RG3, but I do have some interest in Miles Boykin as well. I think he gets more work here 
I've started to come on a little bit. Snaps are on the rise. He's minimum price on DraftKings, so risky, yes, uh, but he stands out to me. Uh, even in a tough matchup, a guy that's going to get some work, uh, and maybe he finds the end zone. So do like Boykin, do like the Hill call, and I'm out on Pittsburgh. Right? There's just it, there's nothing to get too excited about over on that side. So we have Pittsburgh road favorites here, minus two and a half, thirty eight and a half on the total. Yeah, just based on everything we know about the situation, I'm going to have to take Pittsburgh. I still think Baltimore wins this game. So uh, Pittsburgh is that bad. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree in this one. And it's ugly. Yes, they're on backups, but you know, look at Harbaugh in the preseason. This guy wants to win every game, and yeah, they want to take it easy on their starters, but still think they want to win this game. So I'll take the two and a half. Hopefully, it would tick up the three. Be happier with it there, but uh, give me the home Ravens next game, buddy. We got your Cowboys. Must win spot. You know, tough loss last week. I can still squeeze in if things go right in the Philly game. We'll get to that here in a bit. But a home tilt with Washington, I love Zeke here. Uh, I, I think this is a smash spot. You look at the last two weeks, uh, Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley have just torn this Washington defense apart. So I, obviously Dak, Cooper, Gallup, uh, break that down, your interest there. But uh, Zeke may be my favorite play in the week here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Dak is uh, – oh, man. So Is he even going to play? That, that's the question. I guess we got to um, ask as of now. Oh, you, yeah, you, yeah, he'll he'll play. It's just a matter of how shot he is right now with that shoulder injury. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you though, Elliot. I think is my favorite play in the game. If I mean, <laughs> God, I don't even. I, it's so cowboy. It would be so cowboys like to come out here and and let and let Dak throw 50 times and put up a 400 yard game and. And Duke, just because that's Jason Garrett's, he's such an idiot, man, as a head coach. So clearly we look at it and say it should be Elliot, 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 and who knows what they're going to do. So I do like Elliot, though. Uh, it's a good matchup for Cooper. I don't know if he gets back on track or if he's hurt too, but he hasn't looked very good the last few weeks. And Gallup looked really good last week. But oh man, so I'm I'm with I'm just with Elliot on this one. And on the flip side, on Washington side, there's nobody I like. I, the only guy I was that was hanging on to me was Terry McLaren, and then I scratched him off because I just think Dallas's defense shows up here and 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 wins this game. And and I think they treat Washington the way they should have treated Philly last week, and and they actually win this game. Yeah, I mean that with with uh, McLaurin, it's you know, do, do you believe it's an upgrade to go to Case Keenum from Haskins? You know, Haskins not going to play here, so uh, I'm with you. It's a it's a borderline play for me. It's a if I did load up on Dallas, he's the one guy I would bring it back with, but uh, not super excited about it. But I do think it's somewhat of an upgrade with Keenum, who you know is going to come in and, and chuck the balls. The matchup great. Uh, no, it's not. But uh, McLaurin always gives you that big playability, but. So keep an eye on things. Did have a concussion, uh, did not see him at practice uh, early on this morning. So uh, something to watch if you are looking at Scary Terry, whatever you want to call him. This guy's got like 10 nicknames out there. So, uh, But love Zeke, uh, and we'll see what the passing game there uh, in Dallas. So point spread we have Dallas minus 11, 45 and a half on the total. Man, Dallas's offense is just is going to be – I think too one dimensional to blow out Washington. So I'm going to take the under here because I think the defense severely limits what Washington does. Yeah. Kind of thinking the same thing. Uh, you know, if it is going to be a big dose of Zeke, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of clock killing drives and, you know, how much firepower is Washington going to bring to the table? So uh, I will go with the under here 
as well. Next one, interesting game here, Chop. Tennessee and Houston, uh, a lot at stake here, mostly for Tennessee. They win, and they are in. Uh, if they lose, they're going to need some help along the way. Uh, basically, a Pittsburgh loss uh, will get them in. So big game for them. Houston still has a chance to move up. They've clicked. They've clinched the AFC South, but uh, with some help, they could climb up a little bit as well. So two teams still have something to play for here. Uh, we just saw this game. We, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Don't understand how these two teams can play uh, twice in the span of a couple weeks, but the point spread is really where I'd wonder. You know, with, with Tennessee road favorites here, maybe Houston isn't as viable as I was thinking. Tennessee minus three and a half, 45 and a half a total here. So is it just all Tennessee here? We're just, just saying that spread makes me think that. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any interest in Houston at all. I think this is all Tennessee. I mean, is there, oh man, that, that performance last week from Deshaun Watson against Tampa Bay might have oh. been one of the most disappointing oh. things I've seen in a long time. How, that bad of a pass defense, you can't get one touchdown on the day, one touchdown. So I don't know, man. I don't like, I don't like Houston at all in this game. Tennessee's playing for everything. Houston's playing for very little. I don't even know the extent of how, how much we'll see Deshaun and Hopkins and, and DeAndre Hopkins. So. I'm not on the Houston train at all. On the flip side, assuming Derrick Henry comes back and plays this week, which I think he will, love me some Derrick Henry, love me some A.J. Brown, sprinkle in a little Tanny Hill. I'm all on Tennessee here. Same. I think there's a, a lot of ways you can go. A.J. Brown's been impressive. I would not let the price scare you off. I know that's that's some people are going to look at that and say, I'm not paying 7K for that guy. I'm not paying 6800 for Tannehill, but – they need to win. They're going to lean on their big dogs, and Derrick Henry should be fresh, ready to go. You know, it's it's easier to play him on FanDuel, but uh, even DraftKings priced down a little bit to 8100. Uh, I agree with you. I think they're all viable. So I'm going Tennessee on the road here. If Houston's not going to put up much resistance, I think it's a pretty easy win for Tennessee. What do you got here? Three and a half, 45 and a half. Their business and, and get out of here with a win. All right, next game, Indy and Jacksonville, two teams that are out of it. A, a total, it's sitting at 43, a, a close spread here. So th- this is more of those games for pride. Uh, any any diamonds in the rough here with, with Colts and Jaguars? Diamonds in the rough, no. I think I, you know, looked up and down this game. The only guy I can keep in my player pool right now is Fournette, and that's even iffy, and, and he's got a question question mark next to him also but and I don't even know if I like that one so much but you know Marlon Mack uh, I'd I'd like to play him in his game but he just doesn't give us the upside that we thought he had you know even with a good touchdown last week he still can't can't top 20 points I don't think that's going to cut it this week so I scratched those guys off my player pool uh, the the entire Colts side T.Y. is not not getting done so I'm out on them Jacksonville tad bit more interesting Fournette, if he plays, he's okay. You know, if Shark plays, I can play him. But, you know, again, Jacksonville hasn't scored. Man, I, I read a stat. This, they haven't scored 20 points in like six or seven weeks or something like that. So, And their team total this week is under 20 again. I don't expect, you know, exactly offensive fireworks here out of them. So I could definitely see a game, like you said, nothing to play for. These two teams go out there, grind it out to a 10-7 to 7 game and get on with their offseason. So, I'm not super interested in it, but I'll keep I'll keep Fournette in my player pool. Yeah, I'm I'm not xing the game off, but there's not it's just not anything I'm I'm super excited about here. I agree with you on Mac, and and what's more frustrating? You have Mac, and then you see 
they have Jordan Wilkins in, in the backfield mm-hmm. around the goal line. Like, this guy out of here, man. Let me get, let me get my Marlon Mack touchdown. So like I said, he got one, but it could have been a better day, but on the road, it's a great matchup. We know that Jacksonville hasn't, hasn't been able to stop the run, but I worry like you do. There's too many guys there and he just, he's not getting the amount of work you'd want for that price point. So intrigued, but not sure if I'll pull the trigger. I do like Chark if he plays. If not, we know there'll be value uh, with Conley, with Westbrook, some of those guys. So uh, keep an eye on that situation for sure. So what do you got on the spread here? Colts minus three and a half on the road. 43 is where the total is. I think it goes the way I I said it would go as far as I think they both kind of roll around out there on the field, do a whole lot of nothing, burn some time up, and move on with their offseason. So I'm going to take the under. I am with you there as well. Uh, juice on the under. I think it's there's juice there for a reason. I just think this is going to be ugly. And uh, if both teams are running the ball again, we get a lot of clock killers. So sorry, Derek. I cannot take the Jags money line for you. We'll leave that for you. Poor An honorary for pick for Torres. He's, he won one or two of those this year, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. One maybe? I mean, how many games have they won this year? I guess you have to check the record on that. We're going to have to ask. So he started Jaguars, double. He started doing the old Martingale thing after about week eight where, oh, okay, they got to win this week. They got to win this week. Right. And he just kept doubling down on it. And I don't think it turned out too well. Five and ten are the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if, if he's gone every week, he's done all right. Still losing money, but uh, – We'll get, we'll, we'll mark them down for the money line here, but, uh, ugly game uh, nonetheless. All right. Let's move on to Philly and the Giants. We mentioned it earlier. A uh, huge win for Philly last week. I know you didn't like seeing it as a Cowboy fan, but uh, they got it done. All they have to do is win this game with the Giants. I'm as Giants playing some pretty good football here. Daniel Jones is back. Saquon coming to life. Uh, the receivers are healthy. So I don't think this is a cakewalk. I do think we'll get points in this game though. So. I like the the Philly side. I like going back to Wentz. Uh, we'll see what happens with Ertz, but I like Goddard. I uh, priced him up on some of the sites, but still pretty cheap over on DK. And the Giants, I, I think there's a variety of ways you can go. Shepard's showing up. Tate's always viable. So uh, a big game here, an interesting game, one that I have a lot of interest in. I think it's a stackable game. Uh, where do you come out on this Eagles-Giants game? Yeah, I think there's going to be some points here. I, I, I'm with you on – thinking that uh, this is going to be a good offensive game. For Philly, we're going to see what what Ertz – he didn't practice on Wednesday. I haven't seen the Thursday practice report. So um, he was hurt, man. And even though this is a must-win game for Philly, I could definitely see a scenario where he sits out. No practice today, by the way. We're recording on Thursday, so no practice as of Thursday. So there you go. There's, a, I think there's a real chance that he sits out, which would open up Dallas Goddard as the uh, premier tight end, if not value play, one of the best on the whole slate, regardless. If you don't, if you don't believe in some of the other matchups, so that'd be huge. I'm already on him anyway, so I like I like Goddard. That would also ramp up Greg Ward even more. You know, even more targets. That's a lot of targets to lose if Hurt sits. Miles Sanders gets a lot of work out of the backfield in the passing game. Those guys are all in play for Philly. Philly's on a good – Philly's definitely one of the better teams this week offensively to stack up. And on the other side, the Giants, I, I'm with you. I think they put up points. They're playing good lately. They're playing hard. Saquon looks – I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden, last couple of weeks, he he's back to looking explosive. Saquon looking good. Daniel Jones has upside. He's got a ton of you – know, he, he, didn't, he didn't even get to play this last stretch of games with Evan Ingram. If Evan Ingram was there, he'd really have some targets. But he's, he's got Shepard, Tate, Slayton. He's got guys to throw to. So 
I think they put up points. I like all. I like this entire game right here on offense. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones. I mean, three fifty-two and five touchdowns last week, and that was after not playing a few weeks, like you said. So we know how you beat this Philly team is through the air. So I, I really like Jones and a, a few different pairings. You can pair him with Shepard. A Golden Tate was never happy with, with his little stint in Philadelphia, so maybe he's got a little revenge on his mind and can always go with Saquon as a pairing with Jones as well. So love that side, Goddard. I like him with Ertz or without. I mean, without Ertz, obviously everyone's going to be on him, but uh, with Ertz, I thought it'd be a sneaky pay-up spot on, on a Fanduel. But regardless, I'm not worried about the ownership. Uh, I think he's one of the better options, like you said. Uh, definitely one of my favorite tight end plays. So. Uh, great game here to stack. A lot of options here. This would be one I would be breaking ties with uh, and all that good stuff. So total kind of middling at 45 and a half. We got Philadelphia road favorites at minus four and a half. Uh, uh, as this is not me being a Dallas Cowboy homer. I, I promise you. I promise. I really legitimately look, look at the NFC East and I say, it would just be so fitting, and I, th- I just think it's so easy to say that the Giants just look to me like they're going to go out and win this game this week. I don't, I really don't see. I definitely like them against the spread. I like them on the money line. I think Philly. Now legit- that's a homer call. You, you pull it's out not, the money line. Oh yeah, you're trying to jinx them here. I, 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 I'm, I'm not. Just think about if Ertz is out of this lineup. And his receipt. We're already kind of talking about Wentz. They've lost some games this year. That there was no way they had no reason losing games to some of these teams, you know, Miami's and and some of these games they've they've blown. Like they're just they're not that good of a team without Ertz, and the Giants are playing motivated. I definitely want the Giants on the point spread, but if you if you're frisky, I like the money line here, man. I think it would just wouldn't this be the most fitting way for oh, the NFC East to end this year? An eight and eighteen getting into the playoffs out of this division. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I, I like the Giants in the points. I'm just <laughs> just busting your balls here a little bit, but uh, yeah, th- I mean, I want to go over here. I do think there'll be points scored, but sometimes some of these Philly games can get ugly. So I do like the over, but I'm gonna definitely take the Giants in the points here. Don't know if they win the game. You're more confident there than I am with that, but I do think they make it competitive here, uh, especially with Daniel Jones played last week, very encouraging, uh, and Saquon coming alive. So. Give me the Giants and the points. All right, we got two games here left here on the DFS OGs podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And if you're wondering where we're getting the spreads, the lines, the totals, make sure you go and download the SharpSide app, all the information you need, uh, player props, so all different sports, a great handy app to help you, whether you're betting, playing DFS, uh, make sure you download SharpSide today. All right, Chop, two games left. We got Oakland and Denver here. Oakland is still technically alive. I mean, they need to win. They need Pittsburgh to lose. They need Tennessee to lose. And they need Indy to win. So a weird scenario here where Oakland can squeeze in. Probably not happening, but that being said, they're still going to be playing their guys. The problem is it's in Denver. So any interest there, the Broncos season is over. But they put up a fight here at home. A guy like Drew Locke has played well in spots. We know Cortland Sutton's been good. So... Maybe a sneaky game. I don't think a lot of people are going to be looking at it. It doesn't stand out on the marquee, but uh, any under-the-radar plays here for everybody? Under-the-radar. I don't I don't think there's any under-the-radar plays, but I'm, I, am a, I am in the boat that says that this is going to be a good, solid game. I think Oakland, like you said, 
there's just enough left here to play for to keep these guys fully engaged in this game. So I think they go ahead. And then Josh Jacobs had some knee surgery, so we can go back to DeAndre Washington. Uh, it's just Apparently it was only a superficial skin infection on his leg. That's, yeah, he that's, needs- the, that's the word with, with Josh Jacobs. But all we need to know, he did not practice as of today. So I think that yeah. tells you all you need to know. He hasn't, I mean, he hasn't played anyway the last couple of weeks and DeAndre's looked adequate in his play. I don't see why they run him out there anyway, but yeah, I, th- I think he sits. I think DeAndre makes for a good play. I don't know. Darren Waller's the best pass catcher, I guess, because I can't, I can't turn to Tyrell anymore and Hunter Renfro is too, uh, I know he had a long touchdown last week, but I'm not going, I'm not chasing that thing. So, but I do think Oakland plays hard. So Derek Carr, Washington Waller, they're fine. Denver is the side I'm interested in quite a bit. I think Lindsey has a big game. I think Sutton bounces back. He had a poor game last week. I think he's about to snap back on this game and have a monster, monster week 17. So I like Sutton. And if Sutton can't quite get it done, I think Noah Fant picks up the slack. So I definitely like Lindsey, Sutton, Fant, all, all for the Broncos in the passing game, basically. Yeah, I really like the, the lock to Sutton. I mean, the last matchup was way back in week one. It's hard to put too much stock in that, but Sutton did go over 120 yards in that game. So we know Oakland not good against the pass. Uh, Locke probably wants to go out on a high note. I have a hard time with Lindsey because he, he's burned a lot of my dollars yeah. uh, this season, but I get it, the, the matchup's there. So I'm with you. Oakland has the motivation to play, but Washington's not the value that he was. A Tyrell is a tough matchup. Yeah. Waller's kind of falling off. I, I'd rather go Goddard at right now than Waller. So some people may not agree with that, but uh, that's where I sit here. So we got Denver minus three and a half. Very low total, though, 41, which kind of indicates why we don't have a ton of interest here. So uh, either of those uh, hitting the window for you. Yeah, I think Denver. I think Denver's they're actually playing pretty well lately. And so uh, I like Denver in this game. Yeah, I'm with you. They, they've been competitive in some tough spots. Now at home, a, a divisional rival, and you know, put them to bed. You know, put that last last bullet in their head. They're still alive. Let's let's end any of those hopes. So I like Denver as well. All right, last game we have on the main slate: Arizona and the Rams. So another game. You know, not not much to play for here, but divisional pride. And uh, we know Arizona against tight ends is bad. So does Higby. Uh, continue this crazy streak that he's on. Uh, do we dare go back to Todd Gurley here? Arizona, some whispers. It could be no Kyler this week. Could be the, the Brett Hundley show. So keep an eye on that. But, uh, an interesting game here, but, uh, not a ton of interest for me outside of Higby. Oh, man. It's, uh, Kyler Murray is like the biggest question mark for me on the slate. Because I would love, I would love this game if Kyler Murray plays. I, I would want some Kyler Murray and, and some of his pass catchers. So, uh, that's going to be something to keep your eye on, but I don't know what they're going to do there. I'll start off with the Rams. I, they don't have anything to play for. I don't know what they're going to, what they're going to do here, their game plan this week, but I assume we can, we can be fairly safe with Jared Goff, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Tyler Higby, like you said, especially Woods and Higby. Todd Gurley, not so, not so sure about that with nothing to play for. Uh, so that's that. On Arizona side, I wish Kyler was playing. Kenya's look good. Christian Kirk continues, continues to disappoint everything about yep. me this year, like terrible. <laughs> but here's what I just, here's what I was thinking about today, Beard. <laughs> I just, it just hit me like a tornado. This could possibly be 
Larry Fitzgerald's last game ever. Only he, his family knows, maybe some teammate, maybe he let it out in the locker room. Hey, guys, this is my last game. If this is Larry's last game, man, I want some of that narrative street right there. That's why I wish Kyler was playing and have a little bit better way of getting him the ball. Right. <laughs> but, man. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to rain on your narrative here, but I'd spent a lot of years watching Brad Hundley. Uh, yeah, he's so, that's for, why I wish Kyler. That's, Rogers that's and, why uh, Kyler is so cool. important to me this week, man. Yeah, I mean, I I love that. I, the but, narratives are always uh, right if, up my alley. So if, if he's gone to the locker room and said, guys, it was a pleasure playing with you, oh, you could guarantee everybody's going to want to get this guy two touchdowns, just one last big game for Fitz in his last game ever. He's one of the greatest wide receivers oh, of our absolutely. generation. Absolutely. Can't so, even argue that. So yeah. I would, I would want to play this narrative street to the core, but I just don't, I'm not so stoked on it with Brett Hundley. But with that being said, the Rams, Jalen Ramsey's out. They have, uh, their defense doesn't look good. I think it's going to maybe rest some starters in general with nothing to play for. It's the perfect spot for Fitzgerald to do something big on narrative street this week. Yeah, I mean, and Rams, the, the wind's out of the sails. You know, they they made this push, and we're going to make a run of the playoffs, and, and they lose. So where's the motivation here? This is one of those, you know, let's get in, get out, and uh, be done with it. So I, I like that. I, I didn't even think of that. So I'm glad you, you brought it up. But uh, I agree, Larry Fitzgerald, one of the best to ever do it. And, and a pro, man, that, that guy just gets the mm-hmm. job done, and no extra frills or nothing. So hopefully not his last game, but – if it is, we can uh, we can definitely get them in some lineups. So uh, spread here, we have a very low total in this game. So four, oh, 45, a little higher than I thought it was. So decent total, minus four and a half here for the Rams. Man, everything, it's tough to make a call without knowing what Kyler Murray's status. I mean, he affects the over-under, the Arizona side big time. And not knowing that really is uh, tough. I would say give me... Give me the Rams, and I, I think I think Kyler's going to have a have a hard time suiting up this week. So give me the Rams. Yeah, I mean, if it was Kyler, I'll take the Cardinals and the points. But uh, since we don't know, I'm assuming he doesn't play. I, I'm going to take the Rams here as well. But if Kyler's in there, my pick gets flipped to the Cardinals, putting a little asterisks on it. So that will do it for the main slate on week 17. Let's just quickly look at San Francisco, Seattle. We're not going to give away any DFS plays. If you want that information, head over to Roto Grinders and my boy Chop here is going to have you covered. Uh, him and Big T will be doing a video for that, I'm assuming. So any spread picks, any, this is a huge game. I mean, there's a lot at stake here uh, for both of these teams. So let's just give a quick spread play and, and any quick thoughts on this game. San Fran, Minus three and a half uh, as road favorites, 47 total here for Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I like the over in this game a lot. Assuming some of the injuries still play out on the San Fran defense isn't 100%, I like the over a lot in this game. Uh, I I think that losing Carson is going to kind of force Seattle to actually rely on their best player, Russell Wilson, and that's going to only help their offense and San Fran's, I think they can really put up some good points in this game, so I like the over. Yeah, I'm with you. I think there'll be a shootout in this game. And San Fran can lock up the number one seed with a win. doesn't matter what anyone else has done throughout the day, but uh, if they lose, Green Bay, New Orleans can can jump in there, and Seattle uh, can make a huge jump uh, with a win here. So massive game for both teams. Should be a fun one, and uh, the NFL picked the right game. They don't always do that. They don't always pick the best game to flex out, but uh, Seattle, San Francisco, ton on the line should be a fun showdown slate and have a ton of options to play. And, uh, 
Uh, I'm going to go with the over as well. All right, that wraps up not only week 17, but the regular season as well. But do have good news for you guys. We, we talked to the, the powers that be, and uh, we'll be back for two the first two weeks of the playoffs. So uh, quicker shows, shorter shows, but uh, we'll get in and we'll knock it out, give you the information. Uh, always fun to, to get into a little playoff football. Smaller slates, uh, but teams with a bunch of studs to choose from. So should be fun, and the OGs will be back to help you out through those playoff weeks. Chop, any final thoughts here? Week 17, we got New Year's coming up, so Happy New Year's to you, buddy, early, uh, and everybody out there. Christmas in our rear view, so anything for the people before we get out of here for Week 17? Yeah, hope everybody had a good Christmas. Looking forward to uh, the new year, turning the page, kind of getting back settled into uh, regular days after all these holidays in, but... Uh, should be a fun week 17, guys. If you're not keeping up with it, if the holidays kind of took a lot of your time up, don't don't go balls deep into this slate, man. Right. Kind of temper your expectations a little bit. Pull back. Like for me personally, uh, I won't be playing all the big high dollar stuff, man. I'm I'm gonna get into some of the smaller do- small dollar stuff because <laughs> it's been a long week here with Christmas and stuff. So and then and then we got the college football playoffs on Saturday too. So it should be a fun week. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Can't wait for the playoffs, man. Yep, I'm with you. Echo that completely. So happy New Year's, everybody. Please be safe out there. A dangerous night uh, if you're out there uh, driving. So do it right. Get an Uber. Going to give you the old public service announcement. Notorious, we miss you, buddy. He will be back for our playoff podcast as well. And uh, you can get plenty of Notorious. If you're wondering his opinion on everything, uh, get over to Roto-Grinders. All his columns up there. So uh, plenty of Noto information. But Good luck this week, guys. I agree with Chop. Take it easy. If you're not digging in, uh, don't go crazy. But if you are spending the time and, you know, digging into everything, there is that edge that we talked about in the beginning. So best of luck here in week 17, and we will see you next week. For Chop, I am Beer saying salo. Again, best of luck, guys. Happy New Year's. And come back for the DFS OGs. Talk in the playoffs next week. We'll see you. Don't miss this huge deal in Old Navy. Today only get $15 Pixie Pants for women. That's right, the super flattering Pixie Pants you love are on sale one day only today for just 15 bucks at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1227, select styles only. Husky's been making common sense tools for a long time. And for the holidays, they still are. Like a 125-piece mechanics tool set. Just 99 bucks now at the Home Depot. With pro-access ratchets that feature an arc swing of three-quarters of an inch. To work in spaces other ratchets can't. And at only 99 bucks, that leaves you all kinds of room in your budget. Husky. Common sense tools since 1924. Exclusively at the Home Depot. U.S. only. Valid through December 31st.